Live from beautiful Austin, Texas, where it is 52 degrees outside and pouring, pouring rain. It's the Mail-In Podcast featuring Sally DeFreeze, myself, Brett Merriman. Sally, how are you doing? Uh, actually, it's going to only be pouring for the next 10 minutes per month. Oh, really? But then go back into it. Oh, uh, we're not like, we're not clearing up yet. I don't think so. It's just rain on the forecast. I'm doing great. Okay. As you heard, when we, I entered the studio and I ran into Will, my husband, I suggested that we make chili for dinner. I've never seen a more chilly day in Austin. Exactly. It's legitimately chilly. Mm-hmm. C-H-I-L-L-Y. Right. But I want to make chili. C-H-I-L-I. Both, both perfect chili days. It, it could not be a better chilly day. It's it's the borderline is, freezing. Whoa. Whoa, I just hit myself in the face with a mic. <laughs> the issue is that I got groceries yesterday, mm-hmm. and I made a real cozy dinner last night. Okay. And How cozy? Like beef wellington cozy? Have you ever had hamburger helper? Yeah. This was a butternut squash sage hamburger helper. Whoa. Take on. At Define okay. Dish, you can find it on there. It was five ingredients, super easy. I suggest you all make it. It was delicious. That sounds tight. Uh, anyway, so that being said, because I was like, well, we're back from vacation. I've got to ease mm. into the healthy eating. But I did buy salmon, right. and I was okay. like. Skin on? Uh, yeah, I'm just we're going to do some salmon fillets and uh, a salad. And we... Didn't do that yet yesterday. We for we didn't do that because I was wanting something cozy. Right. So uh, now we have to use the salmon. That you you got like today is the day. Right. Because tomorrow it's like yeah, two days of salmon in the fridge. Freeze it, you could fr- oh of course. Then but if you want it fresh, fresh, yeah. Why don't you do both? Why don't you do salmon and chili, or do like I said, salmon chili? Or like I could make a salmon curry, maybe like a like a cozy. Cozy salmon chili. No, salmon chili is not a thing. Although I could do, I could do like a not. salmon Florentine. Maybe I'll do that. Honey smoked salmon chipotle chili. I don't want to make salmon chili. Like I'm just saying. I just want like a cozy chicken chili, or maybe even like a a Texas beef chili. Mm, some some like do you go full bean or do you don't? Beef chili. I don't do beans. Okay. I'm not Chicken a chili, I'll throw some beans in there. It'd get crazy. I don't really care. But I I think I think it's a Texas thing to be against beans in your chili. Oh, I thought it was a Texas thing to have beans in your chili. I like the chili that's like gas station chili. That's just like ham like beef slop with cheese. Right. That's yeah. that's my vibe. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever gotten into a fight with somebody about regional food? <laughs> Uh, a Frito pie or a walking Yeah, taco. Yeah, I have. Or I, I shouldn't say I've been in that fight. I've witnessed that fight happen. I have a major fight going with one of our really good friends, Brady. He swears Shouts. they're called walking tacos, and they're clearly called Frito pies. And that's where you open a bag of Fritos, put chili in it, and that's a Frito pie. Yeah, to be honest, when when we didn't, when I had Frito pies as a kid, we never had it like in the bag. Okay. That, that was only like, like a kitschy Pinteresty thing to do. Like we had it in one of those like paper boat things that they serve you. Like oh, like the fair stuff, or right? Like the, the ballpark. It, it was just Fritos, chili on top, 
cheese, cheese maybe some red onion, sour cream, sour cream, mm. Frito pie. Sounds delightful. Honestly. Yeah. Because my argument is any taco is a walking taco. Tacos are inherently walkable. Like Correct. In a, you can walk with them. They're a mobile item. Right. You, yeah. you don't have to sit down and eat a... I'm not going to absolve them of all messiness. Also, actually, that I'm now even more, more firm on this take. You really can't call a Frito pie a walking taco because... You have to eat it with a utensil. You're not just like grabbing Fritos out of there. Yeah, I th- I'm. I'm very much on your side. I'm. I'm Team Saudel. I'm gonna put a poll up later. We're mm-hmm. gonna all know. I'll do it tomorrow. So after this episode airs, everyone get on my Instagram and we can vote on whether or not. Gotcha. It's a Frito pie or walking taco. I love it. I love it. By the way, speaking of your Instagram, how did it feel to get the Saudels back in, involved? You know, Will was not happy about it. Why? And. I honestly, I don't have enough like content right now. Like, no one really cares about me. Like, getting drunk in an airport I th- anymore. Well, I, th- I thought when you were, I thought you were doing an airplane spread. Now, maybe not as to the extent of the other one, but I thought when I saw you were like, should I do a Sally Dallas? I was like, I'm geared up for Sally no, Airport. Content. I honestly thought about. I was getting kind of intoxicated, and I was like, should I show my uh, breast pumping journey on the plane just for shits and giggles? <laughs> <laughs> but like no one no one wants to see that that's just yeah it's like uh it's like a real sad <laughs> drunk sad mom dude. on plane shows that she's breast pumping like, <laughs> and then tossing them oh man that's probably been googled before let's be let's be honest yeah yikes uh so we're, we're the mail-in <laughs> sorry <laughs> we're the mail-in podcast we do our best to answer your questions maybe they're about breast pumping on an airplane you may run into switch situations in your 20s or 30s that you need help with, and we're here to do just that. Get a laugh in and walk away with something useful. How can you help us out out there? Tell a friend about the Mail-In Podcast. Send them a clip, maybe. Subscribe on iTunes and follow on Spotify. Hit the hotline number to leave a voicemail. We have two of those today. 888-362-MAIL. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Podcast. Sally. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do it. Hello, mail-in. I'm writing to you about something that's been bothering me for quite some time. I'm 30 years old, happily married, and have three children. My wife and I have a very healthy relationship and have have, have had very few issues in the 10 years that we've been together. The problem is I'm still heartbroken over a relationship I had before I met her. My ex and I were in high school in separate towns, and we dated for about two years. I was madly in love with her at the time, but we mutually, in parentheses, mostly her, decided to split up due to the distance. Ten plus years later, it still kind of hurts to think of her. It's not a daily occurrence, however. More like when I hear a song on the radio that we used to listen to or see her pop up on social media, she'll even show up in a dream every now and then. I've never once considered leaving my wife to pursue this interest again, nor will I ever making that clear. But nonetheless, I'm still a tad heartbroken. Any suggestions for getting over this or is this a normal, healthy emotion? The one that got away. The one that got away. Although it doesn't really feel like that because he's like happy with his wife. He's very happy. I think this is like a pure nostalgia thing. Uh Uh-huh. Clearly it was like his high school sweetheart. Um, I mean, he's been with his wife since he was like 20. Mm -hmm. Um. So some girl he dated in high school probably is like 
junior or senior year or both of them. Um, and it's really easy when you're in a relationship, when you're that young to attach most of your memories to that. So like anytime you hear a song or like you think of a movie or think of something that happened in high school, she was probably there for it. So it's hard to separate Mm -hmm. like your high school memories from her. And a lot of people look back on high school and college as like really nostalgic times in their lives. So it's easy to like go down memory lane and then you confuse the emotions that you had for her as like, am I missing her? Right. And I don't think, I think another part of it is that how young he was. It's like when you're that young, you think you're in love with someone you could have been in love with somebody. You possibly lost your virginity to them. You probably had a lot of firsts with them. Um, and she broke up with him. So not only did he like not get the closure because he's she dumped him, but also it's like he hasn't been with her in over 10 years. There, even though you see her on social media and stuff, you don't know what she grew up to be. Mm-hmm. So like you think in your mind like that was you such have- a great relationship I was so in love with her. Right. Like, the version of her that you built. Right. The, the high school carefree whatever version of her. Like who knows what she's like at 30. Yeah. 12 years she ago. She could be terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean she might be normal but like y'all would maybe have a terrible relationship. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a pure like I think this is normal for people. Like I definitely have dreams where there's people from my past that pop mm-hmm. up and you're like oh that was weird. Why did that happen? Mm-hmm. I think that's just because we all have subconscious totally. stuff in our dreams. Um, I don't ever th- take it as meaning anything, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and also, I, I just think that a lot of this has to do with the age when it happened and the fact that, like, nothing egregious happened besides the fact that they lived in different towns. Right. So he has this, like, very nice picture of her in his mind, even though he's happy with his wife. And, like, of course it's not worth pursuing it or anything. But you also, like, you were in a very carefree, young, innocent time of your life when, like, now with his wife, he's gone through probably college, all of his 20s, and now into his 30s. Like, that's when adult relationships are formed and maintained. And that's why a lot of people who are high school sweethearts don't stay together because you have – I mean – it happens. Sure. Some of my best friends are have been together since they were in eighth grade. But like, you, you know, you have to grow together and he never had to. So it's like easy for him to look back on that and be like, wow, what a great. Yeah. It's the, time. it's like the what if about it too. Mm-hmm. It's the, the grass is greener, the what if, the, the, you know, it, it, the, you mentioned closure. There was never like a full on break up like a horrible breakup or whatever it might have been and you were in different towns so you didn't see each other all that often so it was already fleeting to begin with and you're right you, you must have had a lot of firsts with this person it's a high school relationship mm-hmm. you're carefree you you don't have a lot of responsibility so that it's easy to kind of fall in love with that person that you're with mm-hmm. or so you think right um but yeah i think this is this is healthy i mean I, I don't think everybody has it i don't think everybody doesn't have it it's it's always normal to look back and think, huh? Wonder if wonder what would have happened if that had stayed. And and it's like I do that for like high school sports. Like right. wonder if I didn't 
you know, break my or tear my my labrum? Like, yeah. would I be in the NFL right now? No, but like I I still think about it. Well, and I think high school, like your first high school girlfriend, you're also like probably going over to her house a lot. You're close with her family, things like yeah. that. It's kind of like almost sweet to look back on it and not be like totally bitter. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's way more normal is to like be like, oh, my high school boyfriend, because most people at this point have like moved on with their lives. And usually nothing like horribly egregious has happened in high school. Like you just grew up and grew (laughs) apart, you know, the the only times it happens is if you stayed uh, together going into college and then something like egregious happened. Like because one of you cheated on the other one. Yeah, mostly that. And you should have broken up. Anyway, I I think it's like nice and sweet. And like wistful to look back on something and just be like, that was a great moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, like this All American Redux song really like spoke to my relationship. Then we were just talking about that. Before Tyson Ritter confirmed hot dude. Um, but it's like it's easy to think about it like that, mm-hmm. and I think that's okay. Like, yeah, it, it's the same way of speak like thinking about some of your high school friends you don't talk to anymore that like you see randomly and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that was such a great friendship. And you grew apart for a reason. That's okay. Yeah. And I think as far as getting over it, like acknowledge it. Acknowledge that it was fun. Acknowledge that you like think about a time in your life when you were having a good time and mm-hmm. acknowledge that you're never going to act on any impulse if there is any. Like, right. That's fine. I don't think you need to be scared of this. Right. But I don't think, I just know that you're never going to act on it. So then you're good. Right. Right? Exactly. Simple as that? Simple. Is you know what? I wish, it, yeah, it is. Okay. There's a dog. You know what I had in high school, Sal? What? A quip. Did you have bad oral hygiene in high no, school? No, I had great oral hygiene. Oh, well, okay. I mean, like I didn't floss, but like other like than... Like who flossed in high school? Two two times a day, men, plus mouthwash. It's pretty yeah. solid, right? But I wish I had a quip because I, I had like the little cup that I put my, my brush in. Mm-hmm. And I shared a, a bathroom with my sister, obviously, so it was like... We just had our toothbrushes together and just mixing those mix, germs. Yeah, I didn't want the germs mixed. And then like the the toothpaste falls down the toothbrush, so it gets all over the cup. And yeah, it's pretty. Gross. I didn't have to clean it, but you know, you know how it is. But yeah. with Quip, you just put it on your mirror. It's yeah. sick. You just stick it to it and slide it in the little thing, and you're good. Um, good health starts with good habits, and Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to take care of your mouth. The Quip electric toothbrush is loved by over 7 million mouths. So many fucking mouths. Mm-hmm. So many, so many so mouths. Many teeth. <laughs> so many teeth. What's 7 million times 32? I don't know. I mean, I like could do that, but I don't want to right now. I could, yeah, something like that. Timed sonic vibrations with 30-second pulses, which are really helpful, by the way, because I, I'm not really, I've like, to count two minutes, I usually sing happy birthday twice. I thought that was for washing your hands, but... Yeah, it's it's better just leave it up to a timer. Right. it's It buzzes every 30 seconds and you're good to go. A lightweight and sleek design for adults and kids with no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down. Um, keeps you on top of your brushing. Which also means you can travel with it. Right. The way. And they, they send you a travel case too. It's awesome. Um, when, you're, when your head, I guess, your brushing head is yeah. is down to the probably not so clean part of it anymore uh-huh it's just sending a new one right easy as that because you got to keep those bristles in good shape right you got to keep the bristles hard to keep your teeth you got to keep the bristles like ready to go in addition to brush heads quip also offers uh delivery for fresh floss 
The flosser is actually my favorite part of the quip thing. Really? I won't lie to you. It has made me enjoy flossing. Huh. Okay. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to revisit that one. I've been really into flossing lately, and they make it really easy, and they have this little tool, and you pick up the floss. It's like the little individual flossers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about those. But it's more environmentally friendly. Oh, okay. Okay. <coughs> I'm going to have to dig back into that, because I quip twice a day at least. But you got to start flossing. Yeah, start flossing. They also deliver uh, toothpaste, mouthwash, and gum refills every three months from $5. Shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping. With stylish and affordable electric brushes starting at just $25, you won't be paying through the teeth for better oral health. See what they did there? Mm-hmm. You go to getquip.com slash mail-in right now. You get your first refill free. That's free refill uh, for your first one at getquip.com slash mail-in, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash mail-in. Quip is the good habits company. How about a voicemail, Sal? Let's do it. Hey, man. Uh, this is Reeves from Alabama calling you, and I was just curious. I'll be getting married this upcoming April. I know, congratulations and exciting stuff. And I'm in the process of planning a honeymoon. I was wondering if y'all had any, any advice for, you know, honeymoon destinations. A little bit about us. We do live at the beach uh, in coastal Alabama. So... You know, beach is off the table, but it's not just, you know, number one on the radar. It's still an option, you know, maybe Jamaica, something like that. So I was going to see what y'all thought was the best idea for an affordable price range. I'm saying try and keep it under about under seven or $8,000. that would be great. All right. Appreciate it. Honeymoon destinations. Okay, I'm going to just go ahead and throw this out there. Disclaimer. Katie at Lux yep. and Nix. Lux and Nix. L-U-X-E. L-U-X-E and, and N-Y-X. Yes. My friend, my travel agent, go to her for all your needs. I think she actually did a, um episode with Will this summer. Mm-hmm. She just planned our vacation. She's planning a vacation for us in December. She's the best. Um, and personally, I mean, I'm going to give my thoughts on what you should do, but Using a travel agent, like not only going to like her Instagram is going to be good for um, inspo, but mm-hmm. you can just tell her what you want to pay and then she'll make it happen. Yeah. That's that's the thing about that kind of thing is you don't have to build it yourself right. because you're often like travel agents, even though they're kind of a, a smaller uh, number of them than there used to be mm-hmm. because you can, there's so many services now that you can use, they still have deals and... Well, like, and they can help you think of places that you wouldn't have originally thought of. Totally. Yeah. That they have good insight on. But that being said. Honeymoon destinations. So they live at the beach. Mm-hmm. Don't want to do the beach. Yeah, probably not the first option. And they're getting married in April. So I'm assuming they're going to want to go in April, May. Yeah. So it's not like they can like go to a mountain situation. Well, I mean, they could do a mountain situation, but they're not going to be like skiing. Right. It's, it's not prime ski time in okay. a mountain situation. Unless you go to Chile. Right. Southern um, Hemisphere. Right? I actually personally do love a going to a mountain town. I think I would wait till like June. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna do it? Because you you don't want to be in the like weird. The snow is like melting, but it's not beautiful yet. Sure. But there are some like obviously anybody from Texas can tell you that Colorado is beautiful in the summer because mm-hmm. basically half of our state relocates to Colorado. Yeah. Um. 
any of those places, I mean, anywhere in like Colorado, Utah, Wyoming are all going to be gorgeous and obviously domestic, which makes it easier. Who knows what COVID's going to do to us in the next, you know, Who knows? however many months. I not but I, one of my favorite vacations is when Will and I, and we only did this for like four days, but went to Aspen because we mm-hmm. just walked around, hiked, ate, everything was great. Um, Napa or wine country is always a good. That that was where my mind went because if it's like you don't want to, you, if you're not going to ski, if they're from Alabama, chances are it's not like they're, yeah, ripping up to Aspen to ski anyway. So that might be a great option. Yeah, but wine country would be awesome. And you don't you don't have to go to a California wine country. Like obviously mm, Napa no. and Sonoma are great, but you go to Oregon. Oh, the Willamette some, Valley. Mm-hmm. And do some like Pinot Noirs. And then you can also hit up Portland and Seattle and like do a little Pacific Northwest trip. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Katie was telling me, did you know that there is a wine country in the Baja Peninsula? Of, Mex- of Mexico. Mexico. Really? Yes. Oh, you can do, you like can do Cancun to the, the nice. jungle. Uh-huh. What did you just say? I said you do Cancun and like do the jungle for your honeymoon. Yeah, okay. Well, Tarzan asked. But, like, that's not near this. I just, that was, okay, had, yeah. I'm sorry. Right, I'm probably sure. just going sorry. back to no, 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 we're... Brett. Um, So that would be really cool. Mexico City is awesome and has amazing architecture, lots of culture. Um, I would say plus minus on the safety, like... Pro, yeah. You got to be careful. Today's a watch. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to say Blackberry Farm, Blackberry Mountain, because one time people shit all over me on that, and I had no idea that it was that more than $1,000 a night, so my oh. bad on that. Well, let me let me throw one out for you. Um, like, Texas in April is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, my friend put up a, a picture from the Miraval on Lake Travis, the resort, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, my God. It's like, a, it's like I've never seen anything like that. It looks so cool. So I'm just saying, Texas isn't bad that time of that time of year. That weather kind of pattern. Yeah, I mean, before maybe it gets not too hot at all because that'll be like two nights for seven thousand dollars. Oh, really? But... Okay. Well, then I take it back. That's <laughs> no, but there expensive. are some cool places to go in Texas. Um, um, I mean, anywhere in the hill country butt. is beautiful. Yeah, hill country Texas would be awesome, or like wine country Texas. Okay, let me throw something else at you. Hit me. If you're going in the summer, yeah, it's not a beach, but you're on water, like Michigan. Ooh. I don't hate that. Even like a little Saratoga. Aha. Couldn't couldn't go wrong in Saratoga. Because I will say that. That's really fun in the summer Mm -hmm. is like going all the Great Lakes, um, fun, cute little towns that there's like tons of shopping and food and you're on water, but you're not at the beach, but you can still do like water activities. Yeah. Would not break the bank either. Wouldn't break the bank because you're domestic, and because a lot of these small towns aren't like insanely expensive because totally, yeah. they are like reach. I mean, they can be insanely expensive, but they can also be really affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, I love. I have always like wanted to do like a northeast in the summer trip, which we haven't done. Um, gotta, so do like, the, gotta do Saratoga. Like, gotta do a little Rhode Island. Like, any Ooh, of those Newport. Places. Mm-hmm. Is new, so Newport is tight because it's on the water, but it's yeah. not a beach town per right. se. So it's just a lot. It's like a harbor town, right? So it's still super fun, beautiful, really good food, really good booze, right? Which is like what, like what? Do you, uh, ideally, in a honeymoon, what are you looking for? Like a place to 
drink in a beautiful location? Is that kind of So standard? I have some friends who just went to Italy a couple months ago mm-hmm. because that was where they were originally supposed to do their honeymoon last year, mm-hmm. but then didn't go because of COVID. But they actually went on a little mini moon to, um, I think they did Cape Cod. Okay. That's a good one. It was either Cape Cod or Martha's Vineyard. And I know that I'm going to get shit on for not knowing the difference between them. I do. Ooh. I just don't remember which one they went to. I think it was Cape Cod. Okay. Um, but like fun little towns. that I say this all the time because I love to travel. But I tell mm-hmm. Will all the time, like, there's so many places. I want to go to so many countries. But there's so many places in the United States I haven't even been that I would love 100%. to A hundred percent. That are like beautiful, really cool. And when you really think about how insanely diverse the United States is, there's really something for everyone. I argue you can find a little bit of the world in the United States somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? Like from the tallest mountains to like Death Valley. Right. You can find something. So, but I also have like the notes app. Like, where do I want to go? Like Grindelwald or- Honestly, if you're a golfer, Scottsdale is really fun. Yep, Scottsdale. I was going to say Scottsdale, Palm Springs- Sedona are all like the cool. Yeah. Do an ayahuasca retreat in Sedona. I mean, sure. Non, non-spawn. Do you want to do ayahuasca? Like once. Just just one time. Probably could have done it in the jungle. I mean, low-key Utah is beautiful. The people forget. Not, even, not low-key. Just like beautiful as is. Jackson Hole. Yeah. Well, Jackson Hole. Oh, I'm going, I'm going to a wedding in uh, Whitefish, Montana. Uh-huh. That's June. Ugh. I just did this. You can see in the camera. I'm psyched. I, you know what? This is. I'm now. I'm going to spend the next couple hours just like daydreaming ma- of a no, vacation. No, I'm going to be on my maps. Like if you're going to spend seven thousand dollars, you can make a pretty good trip. You out can of make this. an awesome trip out of that. Yeah. I have a thought though that I think I want to do like three mini moons versus one honeymoon. I don't hate that. Like three, three or four day weekends versus like the ten day. Will and I essentially did that because we have never had a honeymoon. And last year we did. Like we finished, we stayed in Laguna Beach after our wedding Mm -hmm. for a few days. And then we did Aspen for a few days. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've done a couple of those. We just went to Mexico for a few days. Yeah. You've kind of knocked out a couple of mini moons. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I would say if if you live on the beach, find a really cool lake or mountain town is my vote. Yeah. Because like you could do New York or Chicago. Yeah, but fine, I think but like the Boston, small towns are really fun, especially when you can kind of bop around to a few of them. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And like get Saratoga. a little different different culture. Go to Lake George. Boom. Uh, man, now I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking at all these things later mm-hmm. on. Let's do the next one though. So hey guys. I wrote in a few weeks ago about buying a house. Well, I got the place. Congratulations. And now have a significant amount of decorating to do. I am not creative at all, and if I had a girlfriend, I'd have her do this, but for now, I need to figure out shelves, plants, artwork, and those, uh, those types of things, those random knickknacks that aren't really art, but are decoration. Everything in home goods stores seems really pricey, but I'm not sure where else to look. Home is right near the beach, if that helps. Thanks. How do you decorate as a first-time home buyer? Okay. I have... Two things to say here. Number one, again, outsource if you can. <laughs> I and I think interior design is really difficult because yeah. I do not have an eye for it. 
I really need someone to tell me what to do. My dream scenario is that when I buy a house, I can have an interior decorator do all of it. Okay. I know that that's probably not the case. Okay. I think, isn't Will pretty good? Will's, Will's has a way, like, stronger aesthetic than I do. So uh-huh. he, like, has way more opinions. Okay. And I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, I know what I like, but I, like, don't have a vision for it. Where You Will can see can... it and be like, yes, versus mm-hmm. creating it. Something that can help but also can be a little detrimental and overwhelming is mm-hmm. Instagram. I was going to say Instagram, Pinterest is so up there. I personally like Instagram more than Pinterest because I mm-hmm. think Instagram is a little bit easier to like source. I mean, I also haven't been on Pinterest in a few years, but Instagram for me is a little bit easier to figure out how to source because a lot of interior design like blogs or pages will do like it to know it to like link to their stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so finding... Here's a great way to do this because you're like, okay. well, how am I going to like find all these interior design like Instagrams is get on any girl's Instagram, see who she follows, pick one of those. Okay. So like one, one account that I follow okay, um, is this girl called I Spy DIY and she's based in like Minnesota or something. And she does her, ice? I Spy. I, okay. Ice. I thought you said I Spy D. Whoever, and it's I spy D. Do it yourself. Yeah. Got it. So she and her husband like basically flip these houses and Mm -hmm. she does a lot of stuff. Like she thrifts a lot. She does a lot of her own stuff, but she's really good inspiration. And then I basically like follow accounts that follow her. Okay. And then once you, again, as soon as you start looking at all this stuff, your Instagram algorithm is going to change and it's going to start like popping up on your discovery feed. Yep. But. I just start like saving pages. Like whenever we moved mm-hmm. into our apartment, I was just like saving Instagrams of stuff that I liked. And a lot of them, you can you can start with like the high-end stuff and then you will realize that like you can find someone who probably can knock it off and like make it a little bit cheaper and but like looks decent. And I okay. will say like I – for me – always invest in like the big pieces that you're going to have around for a long time. Uh, uh, so – that is the most true thing you've ever said in your life. Yeah. Like Invest a couch. In the big you don't want to like be like cheap out on a couch and then have it be shitty. But knickknacks and stuff. Like, Hobby Lobby. Yeah. You like you are going to probably change your mind about those in like two years. Yeah. Hobby Lobby or Target are my knickknacks places. And I think that that's what this guy's saying. It's like that to me is really what makes the difference of something looking like. Mm-hmm. A house versus a home, like something that looks lived in but l- pulled together. I like my that. friend Kelly has like an amazing ability to do that. Like when I move in somewhere, I'm like, okay, furniture's in, we're good. She like hangs pictures, puts up like puts books down, like puts little like vases and like plants and blah blah. And then you're like, well, shit, like that is. You're right. It makes a house a home. Mm-hmm. It really does. Is the the Studio McGee. Style. Say what you will about them. I kind of feel like some of their shit is generic. That's fine. Oh, shit. Shots but, fired. But they do have a line for Target. It has some cute stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that you can do that's not going to break the bank for if you want an interior decorator is like a lot of these interior designers will work for something called like the expert and they'll just consult on a room. Okay. So you like basically take pictures, do a zoom call with them and then they will send you stuff and like literally tell you exactly where to put it. 
I like that. Which is helpful. Very So you helpful. don't have to like have them do your whole house. And sometimes like once you have somebody do one of those rooms for you, you can like kind of figure stuff out. Totally. Can I tell you my my method? Yes. What goes on in my creative brain here? Okay. I'm going to eat a Reese's pumpkin <laughs> while we talk go, about go it. Go for it. So I go to Instagram. Uh-huh. And, and like say I'm starting from scratch here. I go to Instagram and in the search bar, I'll type like uh, this guy's by the right near the beach. I'll say coastal bungalow living room. Okay. And that just fires you into a bunch of Instagrams that fit that description. Mm-hmm. And you start liking those. You don't don't get down to the pieces yet, just like the vibe if you like something. So you start liking those, the, whatever Instagrams you, you go through, you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool vibe or that's kind of a cool vibe. Or you say like uh, American Craftsman Beach House. Or you can say uh, Cozy Beach like Cantina or something like that. Just so, like stuff that you know you like or you feel right. that you like or stuff that you see in the neighborhood. And you search that, start liking them. And if you really like something, you save it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that sets your algorithm. That sets your algorithm. So you start getting served stuff that you know you like. Then you take a picture and you you copy, paste it, or save it, or whatever, and you put it in Pinterest, and it shows you images exactly like it, and then you can click out of that and go to whatever website they're hosted on. Okay. So you 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 find what you like by search, then you take what you really like, you copy paste, put it in Pinterest which gives you related or similar images and you go from there. And all of a sudden you have an aesthetic. It's just how it happens. Yeah. I mean, you need to rate my aesthetic after this episode. I will say this, like if you live near the beach versus like having a beach house to me are like two different aesthetics. Oh, okay. Personally, like, I mean, like I just am too, over the like kitschy like and my grandparents have a beach house it's yeah well there's like life is better beachy. by the lake posters yeah. that you don't life need. is great at the lake live laugh love like you can get Chugy. real you can get real chewy if you're not careful yeah at the beach or at the lake but sometimes the lake house is fun to be just over the top chewy, with like plaid throw well, pillows because yeah, like you i mean it's a lake house so yeah like, there's oars on the wall right it's like the office in there nautical beach house is what this guy needs to search no, you don't want your house to be that. <laughs> I know. I'm saying he can find something that he likes and take it from there, go to Home Goods or Target or, spoiler alert, Amazon, mm-hmm. and order from there. That's my suggestion. But also, you know what else is cool? Literally, this is where I got this from. I Spy okay. DIY goes to Goodwill all the time. Oh, a little thrifty. great shit. Thrifty at Goodwill. And the yeah. other reason that I like her is because she'll like look at something and be like, I got this frame popped out the art because the art's shitty but i love the frame Mm -hmm. or like got this whatever gonna spray paint it gold or black like okay yeah that takes that takes a little bit more thought mm -hmm. but you can at least find original stuff that you're upcycling instead of like you know it does it does take more effort like finding vintage stuff or going to a goodwill and like sifting through crap takes more time but at least you won't have the same like lamp as everyone else and let me give you a final piece of advice. Uh-huh. While I agree with that, Sally, lighting can make everything better. Lighting can make a really shitty spot look good and a really good spot look shitty. I think also, uh, Will, another person that Will interviewed is my friend Joyce, who's mm-hmm. an interior designer. And she uh, mentions like if you're trying to 
upscale place, like changing the hardware on all the cabinetry, mm-hmm. um, getting a rug, like things like that that you normally like guys, no offense, overlook. Sure. Because they're too busy like hanging a come and take it flag on the, on the <laughs> wall. Okay. Shots fired at Randy. Did you have a come and take it flag on your wall, Randy? Did y'all? I didn't. Did I had join or die though, and keep calm and carry on in my college. Yeah, my dorm. Yeah, and a Bud Light flag. So yeah. Yeah. So you know. Oh yeah, I'm not putting it in my house though. We don't know. Put it in, if you want to put a come and take it flag up, man cave. No one should be putting a come and take it flag up after the age of 22. Unless they have a dope man cave. No, even in a man cave. Man cave rules don't apply. Man cave rules if you want it to be like, cool, you get like some cool vintage movie posters. You don't do like a come and take it flag. I have to show you the movie, the movie poster that I was not allowed to put up in my house to for, get your opinion on it. For a porn? Uh, yeah, I think so. But it was, it was tasteful. Was it tasteful? It was tasteful. Of? Okay. <laughs> sure. Speaking of tasteful, our friends over at New Mood have hooked me up, Sally. Mental health has become a part of the global conversation. Everybody is talking about mental health, which is a fantastic thing. And I have been um, working on my mental health myself. I don't know. I've had a lot going on over the last... uh, You have, but everyone should always be working on their mental health. Absolutely. Consistently working on your mental health. And New Mood is here to help you do that. Learning to manage daily stress and anxious thoughts, especially, is something that we all want, but many of us don't know where to begin. There's a lot of things out there and can I be honest with you, Sal? New Mood has helped me more than anything. Okay. New Mood is here to guide you to mental wellness and give you the tools you need to tackle stress so you'll feel empowered to take on whatever life throws at you. Um, spoiler alert, my, my year has been pretty stressful between uh, parents' health and parents' death. So I've had a lot going on upstairs mm-hmm. in that old brain of mine. And new mood has helped me uh, work through that in in Learn a way. Learn how to like de-escalate yeah, exactly, your stress. Exactly. De-escalate my stress, de-escalate my worry, de-escalate my anxiety in a format that is uh, unique to everything else that I've, you know, tried basically. Mm-hmm. Um, the, new, the, the app itself is backed by science. Lessons based on psychological principles that teach you about your relationship with stress and anxiety. That's the thing is stress and anxiety, are, they, they're less like scary to me when I know like step by step what is happening in my body. That and like also like learning the physiologic and psychology of it, but then also learning like the coping skills that you need to have. Yeah, absolutely. But it's cool to be like, oh... This is like a chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, it's not soft. It's not like how does that happen? Magic, right? It's chemicals, which is cool to learn how to to handle and deal with. Um, it holds your hand as well. Daily curriculum is coupled with a one-on-one coach that guides and encourages you on your journey. Accessible and convenient too, because it's only ten minutes a day. You hop on Noom Mood. You can do it wherever and whenever. Worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash mail-in. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash mail-in to give your uh, new mood a try. That's noom.com slash mail-in. How about a voicemail, Sal? Perfect. 
Hey, Mail and Crew. So I have a question regarding um, a wedding that I'm in. I'm sure you guys get a lot of these. This specific situation, I'm just going to give you the demographics. Um, there's five of us bridesmaids, and all of the other four are married. Uh, two will be lactating, um, and and one is just just announced the pregnancy. So my question is, as the lone uh, single childless, um, all of the above bitch in the in the crew, uh, what's my move? What what kind of power move can I pull on the rest of these these sweet women? Um, you know, how how do I navigate this correctly? Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. She's the lone childless single bitch in the crew. Her words. Sounds um, tight. Sounds tight. I was going to say, you have a lot of responsibility as the lone childless single person in this crew. Everyone's going to be looking at you to be the partier. Yeah. You need, to, you need to bring the entertainment. You need to bring the heat. And especially the bride, because she knows you have two lactating, two other moms, and you're the, you're the party. So here's what I'm going to say. I think one, exactly what you said. You got to support the bride and be the fun one because the bride's looking at you. She knows that you're going to be the fun one. But at the same time, you don't need to make it like I – it really bothers me when people are like, oh, my God, we're going to live vicariously through you because, like, I have a kid and a husband. You're single. <laughs> like, shut up, Linda. Like, oh. Sorry. I just made up a name. I don't know. Uh you're there to have fun. You mm-hmm. don't have to boss people around, but you should like keep up the spirits, especially because probably some of these moms are ready to let loose. But you also don't need to let them like be condescending about the fact that you're single. Yeah, don't let that happen. But also, like, I don't know. To me, I think it's all about, regardless of like what your situation is, obviously, the person who's pregnant probably can't like party but like you're there to make sure the bride's having fun always kind of sucks to be the pregnant one because like there's not a lot you can do i mean you can like be there physically and emotionally or whatever but like (laughs) everyone else is like wanting to like get down yeah so it's like kind of like your job to be the ringleader okay yeah i think i think i totally agree you need to you don't necessarily need to be like it's all about me don't need to make about you you need to be you need to you need to keep the energy up. Mm-hmm. Like you need to mentally prepare or you prepare to fail, obviously. Everybody knows. If you fail to prepare, Sally. Yeah, prepare to fail. Yeah. You need to mentally prepare for this. Because you're you're gonna be the go to. You're gonna be I don't wanna put it all on you. I don't want the pressure on, but like I mean I've been part of weddings where multiple people were pregnant mm-hmm. and had children, And lactating. And lactating and like I was none of those things. Mm-hmm. And you just suck it up. Trust me, I wanted to sleep, but I did not. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But also, guess what? Those bitches can also pick up the slack sometimes. Oh, of course. Because you know what they can do? They can pick up the cake or they can go get the, you know, champagne beforehand. Mm, just because yeah. they can't yep. drink doesn't mean that they can't buy the stuff. Totally agree. So you delegate and then you be the partier. Why did that become the tradition to like drink champagne? For, well, first of all, let me ask you this. Why do you need, as a bridesmaid, to get up at 8 in the morning to do makeup for six Like, eight hours. At, le- eight, for, at least know. eight hours. That's Why is that the tradition? That no one will ever answer. It's because 
It's because it takes. Don't you have to like, st- you have to redo the makeup in the afternoon? It takes like forty five minutes for like somebody to do your makeup, and then like another hour for somebody to do your hair. And when you're trying to do that for six people, you have to like schedule those all. Okay, so if you're like a lower ranked bridesmaid, you get the you get the early slot. Yeah. Oh man. Maybe not always. Okay. But like, honestly, that's why I just when I was a bridesmaid, so mm-hmm. many times I just stopped being like, I'll do my own makeup in here. I'm good. Oh, so you just go hang out. I just go hang out in the suite. You put the robe on. You do the champagne. I sometimes get my makeup done, depending. But like most of okay. the time, I'm like I'll do it. I'm good. Gotcha. I'm old enough now where I figure that shit out. Like I know what makeup I need to do. I definitely know how to do my own hair. And I'd rather do it like the two hours before we go take pictures than the six hours before we go take pictures. Yeah. But you do have to like, it's part of being a bridesmaid. You like have to show up and like get ready. Because mm-hmm. guys, we're just like, we're playing golf at nine on right. Saturday. Hang, hungover as, as fuck, but we're we're out there just vibing. Let me just say <laughs> this. And a lot of it is because girls like stress out and like don't want to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. But if you live in a city and you're getting married where there's a dry bar, make appointments. Is that a blowout? Yeah. Okay. For everyone, let them get done at the same time and then just do their own makeup. Like, honestly, I think my biggest issue with weddings is when somebody does my own makeup that, like, it's one thing if I've had them do my makeup before and I trust them, but, like, no Mm. one needs to be having their makeup done besides the bride. Like, we don't need to be playing around with having purple eyeshadow. Ooh. Like that's my problem. Yeah. It's like I don't I would rather just look like an elevated version of myself gotcha. and like have some insane makeup. So all you have to do is like do your makeup but just heavier because you're gonna be in pictures. You're saying people get a little over their skis when they have somebody else do it for them. They take some risks that might be unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So does the makeup artist. Like I don't... <laughs> trying to stand out, be unique. I don't know. That like that whole day, no offense to brides, love you, but that is such a fucking kick in the nuts. It's it's hard. I think that was yeah. like why Will and I, I was like, nope, nope, not doing that. I think even had I we done the real wedding, I wouldn't have done that because I really? just was not. I was always going to do my own hair. Mm-hmm. But actually, on my wedding day, I had somebody do my hair and I did my own makeup. Really? Mm-hmm. And I like... I probably could have done both, but I just, it's, your bridesmaids want to die. <laughs> I mean, you're just stuck in a room. To put it lightly. and the, Everybody's they, hungry, I'm sure, but. Well, you eat, but then you're like nervous, so you eat more, and then like, here's the, here's the worst part of the whole day, okay? Oh, you get there at 8 a.m., whatever, you're having mimosas, it's fun. You're hungover. But, uh, say, say the ceremony starts at 5.30. Okay. You have to be at the venue at four mm-hmm. okay so start taking pictures which means everyone has to be ready by like 2 30 because then the bride's gonna get ready and then we're gonna start taking pictures of the bride putting oh on my gosh they're so good here's the dress so from 2 30 yeah. to 4 when you're not doing anything because all your shit's done mm-hmm. and your dress is on but there's a million mirrors in the room uh, you're just staring at yourself and all your flaws and you're like this hair is out of place. My hair is falling. My lipstick is gone. I can't believe my ass is this large. I hate myself. Like that is, that is to me, the worst part about the whole day is like the hour you spend putting on your dress and comparing yourself to everyone else. And you're in front of a mirror and it's like, you got to get your ass downstairs at the hotel bar and get a cocktail before 
you like you're gonna go crazy. Or go to the groom's suite where we're just playing pool and, and drinking. And like, like the whiskey. bride is all keyed up because she's nervous, and oh, the yeah. moms are like losing their shit. <laughs> That uh, the like flowers are wrong somewhere. Yeah, There's like yeah. everyone's stress level is like through the roof. Everyone needs to take a collective Xanax. That to me, I don't even know how we got from this question to like what I'm talking about right now. But if you can do anything, okay. is like be the fun one and the cool one when everyone's like flipping out. That's when got you it. you're like everyone step away from the mirror. Yeah. Have a glass of champagne. Here's some gas sex because you feel like you're bloated. Okay. I'm just going to like. You're like you're not, but you feel like you are. You so feel like you, you are. Go. So yeah. we're going to all take a collective gas sex. We're going to have a cocktail. Mm-hmm. We're going to smile at the bride who's like shitting her pants. And we're going to ignore the bitchy mother-in-law. And we're going <laughs> to just like live our lives. Clip, God, clip I it. I fucking hate that part of the wedding. Clip it. I, that preach. And I'm, then, I, and you, then I, you're like battle rapping right now. I'm like, Let's and then go, the 30 Sally. minutes before the Let's ceremony go. starts, and everyone is like legitimately pissing their pants or like sweating to death. Oh yeah, because you like tough to get out of those things like easily, right? Yeah, and you don't want to bunch it up to use the bathroom. I mean, the bride is like gonna freak out at any moment, yeah. and everyone's just like annoying her and talking. She's like, wondering if people are having fun too. And the best thing you can do is like put on a fun playlist. And clink some champagnes. There's really nothing else that's going to help. Yeah. Let's go, girls. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's all she has to do. I don't really <laughs> even know where we went with this question. I'm sorry if we didn't Sally answer just it. went like uh, uh, Will Ferrell in old school, where she, he just snaps into <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Let's do the next one. Hey, Brett and Sally. Love the pod. My question is for Sally. I know you went back to school semi-recently and are now a nurse anesthetist. At least I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not familiar with your career before that and your decision to go back to school. What did you do before? Was it similar to nursing? Tips for changing careers? If not, just left my job to take a leap in a new career path, so any advice is appreciated. What's your life story, Sally? Okay, I'm going to just explain this. Like, I think that they want to be a nurse anesthetist because I I didn't... I'm kind of confused. They just want to change their Uh, career? I think they are... They're more about the decision to go back to school. Uh, I, first of all, went to college, was a business major. Uh, Shouts. Turns out, hated accounting. I was like, get me out of here. Yeah. So I switched my major between sophomore and junior year to nursing, which I kind of had in my family because my mom was a nurse, my dad was a doctor. And about a year into nursing school, decided I wanted to do nurse anesthesia. I didn't even really think about it, even though I, Kind of was in the back of my head because my dad's an anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. So that was always in my head. I knew that when I graduated from nursing school, I'd have to work in an ICU because that is a prerequisite um, to getting into nurse anesthesia school. So I went and worked in a pediatric ICU for about four years and loved it. Definitely could not do that now. Those people are true heroes. And I, don't know how people still do that. Mm-hmm. I was very burnt out. Um, but in order to get into grad school, I had to take the GRE. I think I had to have minimum of one year, but they requ- like request two years of being in the ICU, which I had. And then a lot of volunteer work. Um, they want you to shadow, mostly because they want to know that you're going to like 
be okay in the OR and like be able to do healthcare. I mean, anytime you're going to nursing school or any sort of like medicine thing, it's really a good idea to shadow the person that, or like shadow someone in the field so that they like know that you can, you're not going to freak out and faint. Gotcha. Like you you can handle it. Right. Okay. Uh, So I shadowed some nurse anesthetists. um, And then I went back to grad school and it was three years of not working and being a resident. But you knew to make that decision to go back to grad school, you knew the career path that you wanted at that point and you and you knew right. that's what you had to do? I knew when I was in nursing school that okay. I was going to do that. I went back to school and I'm glad I did it when I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my job. I cannot say enough things about it, about how much I love it. I think great hours, great pay. Honestly, I can work pretty much anywhere that has a hospital and does surgery mm-hmm. um, within the United States. Um, Very so cool. I like, I love it. Yeah. Um, someone, I, I knew people and a lot of people who are nursing, it's their second career. Okay. Um, Interesting. A lot of people that I worked with had been teachers before or in sales or something like that. So. I think nursing is a great career and we always need more nurses, especially after a global pandemic where people are really burnt out and there's always, always, always going to be nursing jobs. Um, and you can really go into a bunch of different fields. You can work in a hospital, you can work in an office, you can inject people with Botox, you can do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a nurse literally anywhere in the world, anywhere, sure, because that job exists everywhere. Um, and so I highly suggest if anybody has any questions about going to nurse school or nurse anesthesia, I'm happy to answer them. There you go. And then I'll just chip in from like a changing careers to leap of faith standpoint. Mm-hmm. Very pro doing that. Yeah. As long as you have something lined up. I think you and I talked about this last episode of the episode before, but our, gen- our, um, generation is more likely to change careers at least two to three times. Oh, it has to because be, yeah. we live longer and we have more information at our fingertips. Right. It's not like we're not just locked into being an actuary, right? Because mom and dad made you, and then that's what that's like your routine, right? You know, unless you're looking up jobs or networking, you don't have the internet to look at. Now you do. Now you can look at a uh, job in Austin or find an internet. I don't know, maybe like an internet brand that does digital media in Austin that you are a fan of. And then you quit your job to go work for them selling ads for like, I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) That's a really specific case. It sounds very vague, but uh, I will say this, something that I mentioned earlier, like shadowing somebody, whatever the career field that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Good to find a mentor slash shadow. Find a mentor, but also find someone. Most people are willing, like it doesn't matter if you know them or not. If you like emailed or Call them up if you have any sort of connection, which you listen to this podcast and like are a member of any of the like multiple communities that we have online. Mm -hmm. Somebody probably knows somebody who does something that you want to do. Yeah. Connect with that person. Talk to them about their work life balance. Talk to them about what their everyday activities are. Ask if you can shadow them because that's not only a way to like get your foot in the door, but people have a very specific idea. I think of like, oh, I really want to do this because... My friend did it and blah, blah. And then you actually do it in reality and you're like, I hate this. Or you think you mm-hmm. want to be a nurse, but you hate blood. Or you can't, think can't you like want to sell ads, but you don't know how to speak to people on the phone. Yeah. So you need to 
spend a day or two, like, and it doesn't matter if you have to shadow a million people, mm-hmm. shadow someone so that before you just jump into like going back to school and stuff, whether it's I law agree. or medicine or media, mm-hmm. do like figure out what their actual job is so that it's not like what you think it is. Cause I think right. a lot of people probably listen to this podcast think that this is like a pretty cush job. But, like, you're not doing the day in and out menial tasks. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that so that you know, like, okay, that's what my life's going to look like. Right. And not just the Instagram version of somebody's life. Correct. I'm going to put this out there, Sally. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the mail-in a, what do you want to call it, like a one-stop shop. If you want to switch career paths or you're, like, career path curious, DM us. I will put you in touch with the Discord. I'll put it, I'll lay it out in the Discord Find somebody who does that or similar and connect you. Okay. I said this about setting people up and only like one person took me up on it. Well, that too. Yeah. We, <laughs> like we're here to network. We're here you. to network. We're, but no one, like literally one person messaged me and was like, I'm interested in this. And then no one else said anything else. We're the mail-in network. Pretty rude. Take the M and make it a B. So I'm doing social network. Oh, okay. Billion. I got I got what you're saying. Okay, I got it. <laughs> what, Randy? Randy had the new mood screen up for 30 minutes and he's he's trying to he's trying to <laughs> hush laugh me. Uh anyway, this is Liquid IV. <laughs> Our friends great over segue. at Liquid IV are the best. I had a great one and then Randy threw me off. Um they're the best. Liquid IV is part of literally my everyday routine. Had one earlier. Okay. Did you? What'd you have? Watermelon. Just the hydration one? Mm-hmm. I had the tangerine uh, immune support. Yeah, that's a great one. Oh, so good. So good. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, or any situation. Maybe the morning after a bit of a night out, you take the liquid IV hydration. Maybe after a workout during the, the midday, the lunch hour. My boss used to go on lunch lunch workouts at Equinox. I was very jealous of that. Mm-hmm. Uh Come back, have a liquid IV hydration again. And then maybe maybe, uh, maybe you're, I don't know, have, dragging a little bit in the afternoon. Need a coffee? Mm-hmm. Nope. You need a liquid IV energy multiplier. Mm-hmm. The matcha flavor, specifically. Colder weather makes it easier to miss signs of dehydration, like overheating or perspiration, which means it's even more important to keep your body properly hydrated. Flu season is in full swing, not to mention that other one, and proper hydration and vitamins can help support a strong immune system. Making hydration a priority helps us feel better on a day-to-day basis and fuels us to be our best. And one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Not only that, but the product tastes great with great flavors like watermelon, like Sally said, strawberry, and lemon-lime. Are you going to be enjoying a few extra drinks now that the holidays are approaching? Well, guess what? Liquid IV up before that turkey trot, you beautiful something I was going to say, and then and you run that sucker. I forgot it's an ad read, so I can't say things. <laughs> I already swore at one of them today, so who knows. Liquid IV hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, it's vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, or soy. It's also... Uh, effective because of CTT. You know what CTT is, Sally? 
Cellular transport technology. Nailed it. The optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream. It's the perfect balance to help you hydrate more quickly and effectively than water alone. Grab your favorite liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off. Look at that deal. 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code MAILIN at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code MAILIN at liquidiv.com. Let's do the last one, Sal. Hey, Brett and Sally. Recently got into an argument with a friend about a situation. If a couple who live together was in the same room watching two different TV shows with headphones on, are they hanging out? I maintain that you're not. With the reasoning, I'm just hanging out with people in the office, gym, and coffee shops all the time. Am I in the wrong? Have I just been single for far too long? Is that what happens when you've been in a relationship for so long? Let me know. I mean, yeah, they're hanging out. Ooh, okay. But like, they're not like spending quality time together. You're not getting brownie points for this. If you're trying to golf the next day and you're hanging out by watching Netflix or uh, whatever on, on your phone and she's watching a show, but like, sounds like these two prefer it that way. Like, personally, I here's what I think happened. Can I hypothetical you? Mm-hmm. They did this for a period of time on a Saturday, and then they go out to dinner, and she's mad. She's like, "You didn't want to hang out with me all day," and he's like, "I was right next to you all day." But it sounds like this guy was with a cup with a friend. I think the friend is his girlfriend. No, he said he's single. No, he said, have I just been single for far too long? Okay. I don't, anyway. Either way. Technically, this is hanging out because you're in the same location, but I know it's not. I mean, do I count it as quality time when Will and I are both are watching TV, but we're both scrolling our phones? I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're like, in the same show, but you're on Twitter. But we're like, neither of us are paying attention to the show. Yeah. So I don't think it's not quality time. So but. much of relationships when you're like been in one for forever and you've already like <laughs> recapped your days together yeah. and whatever is like just existing in the same space. <laughs> yeah. Just like how do you so how, like honestly learning how to exist with I each would other. not like count this as that. And okay. I feel like I did a lot of this during actual quarantine. Like I would be in one room doing something and Will would be in the other. Like technically, yes, we're in the same place. Are we together hanging out? No. No, you're existing. Right. (laughs) You're existing with each other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to be on this guy's side because I've done this before where Caroline's been like, you're not hanging out with me. Well, I'm right here. I'm literally on the couch. I mean, yeah, we've been in that fight before where it's like, I haven't talked to you. It's like, well, yeah, because like I'm... Laying I'm, in bed I'm, I'm and you're watching me on your iPad. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yes, you're hanging out. It's not quality time is what my okay. final answer is on that. Final answer. I think I'll I'll co-sign that. You're hanging out, but it's not quality time, and you're not earning points for this. Correct. You if you were on, the, if you're on a... the Sims getting points for the relationship, you're not getting points for this. None. Because they could just – someone in the Sims could just erase erase the door and set you to, on fire. And yeah. That was fucked up. That was really fucked up when people did that. Do you remember you used to play Roller Coaster Tycoon? Remember that game? Mm-hmm. And then you would send them on the roller coaster and delete the, the roller coaster so they just fly off? 
And he's like, of course. Like, yeah. Yeah. We used to do shit. Like you do play Zoo Tycoon and put the zookeeper, lock him in the in the yeah. In the tiger. People were fucked up online, like on. But you know what? Reality. This whole thing makes a whole lot of sense now. When you go back and look at what what we did, yeah. <laughs> in the Sims, Be like Lord. my Sim has to go to the bathroom. It's like, well, just locked, like, took away your toilet. That sucks. Go shit in the corner. Good luck. <laughs> Sims is fucked up. Really fucked up. Does that still exist? Can you like play I'm sure. Sims? Randy, does it exist? He's saying yes. You can probably play like fucking virtual reality Sims now where you are a Sim. Shouts to the metaverse. Anyway. We're all in a simulation. That'll do it for the mail-in question. Sally, before we get out of here, do you have a shower thought? Yes. Okay. Mine probably kind of feeds into yours if you're going to ask what we were talking about earlier. I think we can. This is a tandem shower thought. We were talking earlier about like who was the first to do something. Mine is like, do you ever think about, and I, I don't say this specifically about like marijuana or tobacco or something that like seems a little bit more natural, but like who was the first person to like, be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make meth and then smoke <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know where you were going with that. You know what you I'm saying? Go, Who's like, the guy to like sit down and figure it out? It makes Matt. sense that people like back in the day were like, "This is a plant. I'm going to try to smoke it and see what happens." Sure. Like whatever. But like, who was and like or like eating magic mushrooms? Like you probably actually ate a mushroom. And then you're like, "Oh shit!" Like I'm tripping balls. Now I'm tripping. But yeah. like, who was like, "Let's break this down. We're going to like crystallize some shit and then." I'm going to snort it and we'll see what happens. Like, See what happens. That seems crazy. fucked up. Right? How, about the, like, how about all the people that tried it the first time and just died? Just right. Like, but like, <laughs> like some of these drugs, I'm like, who was the first like, guy to eat a poison frog? Even if you really frog. think about like morphine, like who Good Lord. thought about like opium flowers and then they're like, okay, like we're going to extract this and then I'm going to inject it into a vein. Like, let's see what happens there. Because like, maybe there's more scientific minds than mine, but like, if that is how, like, what is the process of that? Because I feel like you could just be, like, injecting a bunch of random shit into your veins and killing yourself before you actually get to, like, yeah. good morphine. Part. I think we're talking trial and error over the course of history. I think that's how, seriously. Like, people, if you, if you found a bad one, guess what? You died? Yeah. And the people that found good ones, they just, they went yeah, on. Yeah, I guess survival of the fittest, but, like. <laughs> or the, the, less, the least curious. Yeah. That's how, a funny one. I don't know. Like, who was the first to, who made chocolate and was like, oh shit. You bring, you take a cocoa bean and like, yeah. Or cacao, excuse me, which is cacao. also cocaine. <laughs> what if the first guy who even found chocolate was also the first guy that found cocaine? <laughs> this is going to sound insane, but we talked okay. about this this weekend. Did you know that cinnamon is bark? Yeah. Like, I don't know why. I never really thought about cinnamon in that way. And one of my friends I was with was like, did you know that cinnamon sticks are just the bark of a tree? And I was like, huh. Pretty cool. Yeah. that Like, when you think about what a cinnamon stick is, you're like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's not just, like, cinnamon stalks. But I never had ever thought about it until she said it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. There you go. But, like, a lot of spices trip me up. Like, what's turmeric? I think that is a... A root? I, th- I was going to say a root. That made sense, like a ginger root. Right? Yes. Huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that right now because I just want to know. But I I think it's a root. 
So spices are just things that you take a piece of and like grind it down. Uh huh. So there's roots and bark and flowers and plants. Tell you what, I needed like my spice cabinet growing up had like 400 things, and today it has. Turmeric is a root. Okay. Today I like I have five. I have like garlic powder, onion powder, oregano, paprika, cinnamon. Garlic powder is like the goat. Like that's. I, I get really a, I get a big fucker cinnamon. of garlic powder. Yeah. I don't know, man. The first person to do a lot of things, I'd, I'd like to to shake their hand. Well, it's not all one person. Yeah, but, but. like, the, like I'd I'd like to go back and be like the first dude that put on skis and shreds shredded, shredded some gnar. There's like, some real how that how was that out there? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are dead. Yeah, like most of them probably, like because they just discovered it so long ago. Right. Right. They live to a ripe old age, but they. Mm-hmm. Discovered meth. First dude that had a dog. That's pretty cool. Well, what do you think they or, did? Or a woman. Do you think that they just like domesticated a wolf? Absolutely, yeah. Just a wolf. They got like so, they, the symbiotic relationship. Have you? Oh, boy. Have you seen? <laughs> there was like a really hilarious tweet that I could not stop laughing at like two months ago. That was just somebody saying like my favorite part of Facebook is people posting on like next door Facebook about coyotes they think are lost dogs <laughs> and it's yeah. like such a hilarious post it's like a next door post it's like help found this dog giving him a bath he seems very mangy has bit me three times <laughs> please help please help i think i might have retweeted it recently because i could not i was laughing so hard uh-huh. i couldn't even breathe <laughs> okay i'm gonna have to go find that too. we're on a real sorry real weird tangent now no we can keep going we keep oh, let's get crazy with it. I don't know, man. Is that what y'all do on circling back? You just talk about shit like this absolutely. All the time? Yes, this is just this is. You should see us on on Thursday voicemails. Yeah, where it's just like the four of us or three of of them, like you know that the morning after a heavy night out conversation. Yeah, where you're still a little aloof, maybe, and not deathly hungover. Mm-hmm. It's it's that. Okay. Pretty much. Nice fun. I'm just like, hey, what do you think about this? Yikes. <laughs> I mean, I do listen. I'm just like wondering how they come up with yeah. what they talk about. Oh, gosh. Anyway. All right. Good time. Great time. That's the mail-in podcast. That was a fun one, Sally. You have a, have a good time? I had a great time. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Sally. For everybody out there, please subscribe, rate five stars, review the podcast, and tell a friend about it. Hit the hotline number, leave a voicemail, 888-362-MAIL, M-A-I-L. That's 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio. At Mail and Podcast, Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brett Merriman, and I will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.